0: And we're back with episode four of the Sunday Vibe Reset. How are you, Alex?
1: I am doing wonderfully as ever. And yourself?
0: Yeah, very good. Very excited about the end of lockdown.
1: Yeah, of course. With And vaccines around the corner. Shall we, should we start with a bit of science this weekend in honour of that? Yeah, sure. So, some scientists doing very important things. Uh, They've really been getting their hand out of the bag doing doing these vaccines recently. Some scientists, less so. Did you know that 86% of people in Britain are still using deodorant during lockdown?
0: I can't tell if your point is that (laughs) 80% of the population should have stopped using deodorant or that 14% went, don't need that. I'm not getting out of the house anyway.
1: You can't understand how long the decision process between do I say 86% are still using it or 14% have given up on deodorant. Um, I'll give you a bit of backstory to this uh, because it actually gets much worse than that. (laughs) Oh no. 25% of people, core of people, we all know four people, one of them's doing this, have stopped showering every day. But I was, I was intrigued by this because it hadn't really occurred to me that I could just wake up and not go for a shower, um, whether I had a shower in my house or cycled up to campus and had a shower there. It, it seems very weird to me. So I've been doing a little bit of research and I've discovered you really don't need to wash. A lot of science out there is saying that uh, every time you have a wash, it kills off some microbes on your body. Um... So it's actually unhealthy to wash every day. So there you go, I have saved you all 15 minutes a day. Thank me later.
0: You know what, I'm fine with that decision while I'm not in the same country as you. (laughs) Though, (laughs) when I come back, can you please (laughs) start showering again?
1: Well, what it says here is that eventually your body just gets used to not having to be washed and you don't smell, which I think sounds like a brilliant loophole. I love a loophole. think how much money you probably spend over your lifetime on shampoo shower gel don't need it don't need it it's incredible i'm gonna actually not. <laughs> i've claimed that i'm gonna do a lot of things on this uh, on this podcast but i don't think i'm actually gonna commit to not washing i <laughs> need to i'd like to test it out on someone so if anyone's listening and wants to you know get involved with the show um don't don't watch tell us how it goes uh but don't don't tell us in person i don't want to go close to you
0: <laughs> and how is you know all of your other claims going? How is snake? How is running? How is November? How I'm is learning really,
1: French? I'm getting really good. My snake is wonderful. Um, maybe you could argue that I'm my ratio of how much time I'm spending on French, how much time I'm spending on snake, it's a bit skewed. um It's currently about 100 snake, uh, <laughs> but my scores on snake really do reflect that starting to get some good ones
0: very nice um, november and november in running
1: <laughs> so my plan to do a um 5k every day that's not gone so well uh, t- uh i was a little bit hungover this morning could <laughs> i don't think i could have physically run if i'd have tried but um it's been really good to like get outside a bit more uh, spending a like, I really value those moments where I can go out, do some exercise, and not be in my house bit. And, yeah, luckily being in Bath, like, it's really easy to get to the country and you can just get get outside and out of the city so easily. So I've, uh, I've been enjoying that, definitely. definitely. Very nice. <laughs> mm. So I've been doing, yeah, quite a few uh, long walks with my house, which has been pretty nice. But classic Americans have taken us to the extreme. And I've been spending my week with my time inside, staring at just people who have decided to go to an incredibly remote part of Utah to stare at a triangle of aluminium. And they're obsessed with it. No one quite knows why this spooky-looking triangle of aluminium exists, how it got there, the monolith. um.
0: Oh, yeah, I've seen that. It looks like a mirror, doesn't it?
1: it. Yeah, but how are people this bored now? I mean, I guess no one is doing anything, but um, from everything I've been trying to find, like, it sounds so far out of the way. This is such such an ordeal to get to it.
0: Yeah, but can you imagine, you know, you're sleeping, your parents come to wake you up, they're like, oh, come on, we're going to see a big triangle of aluminium in the middle of the desert.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is almost two people tall is a bit spooky and you know sometimes when you go for a walk in nature you don't see anything that impressive but uh <laughs> oh yeah that's <laughs> definitely
0: something you'd talk about
1: yeah it's it's one to tell the kids isn't it remember that time we went and we saw that block of metal <laughs> this this monolith it's um in utah in a uh, red rocks which looks uh, pretty impressive and weird red things is our topic for today, because um, I, hours before um, get, before we started recording this, discovered Clifford the Big Red Dog is coming back, and I'm not quite, do you have Clifford the Big Red Dog in France? Are you aware of this animal?
0: I don't think so, but I've become aware of Clifford the Re- Big Red Dog since I came to the UK.
1: Yeah, well, just for those who um, maybe aren't aware of Clifford the Big Red Dog, it's like this large dog that's red and his his entire selling point all of the storylines are just based around the fact that he is a large red dog uh, but he was originally like drawing drawing pen um, and I can't describe how poor the CGI looks in this CGI remake that they're doing now where <laughs> they've taken a like golden retriever looks a bit like the um, andrex puppy might be a Labrador <laughs> they've just made it red. They've like <laughs> changed the color on maybe Photoshop. <laughs> it's just clearly dyed red, and uh, it's so bizarre. And I'm not sure how I feel about this. Oh, and they've also made it massive, obviously.
0: <laughs> when is it coming out?
1: So, A Cliff of the Big Red Dog is, of course, one of the things we can um, look forward to in 2021, the year where everything will be happening. Everything's <laughs> rescheduled for 2021. And I'm not sure if I'm excited for it or not. Um, like, as ever, I acquired this news article off of Newsround. Um, best best news source out there. Um, and they've run a poll, and it's 51% of people like the dog. Uh, 49% don't. <laughs> so, I mean, is there any demand for Clifford the Big Red Dog? Is it one of those things that we had to bring back? But, um you know, it's pretty pure. I, I reckon I can get on board. It just might take me a bit of time time to get used to it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, maybe, you know, in 2021, we'll get a movie review from you about Clifford the Big Red Dog and what you thought about it.
1: I I, I, I look forward to writing this. Yeah. Speaking of wildlife, it's um, the British Ecological Society's photography competition this week. They announced all of their, um, all of their winners. So yeah, if you're looking for some some good animals, I'd recommend going on there. Some proper cool ones, so some like really close-up things uh, that you just wouldn't be able to see. Like stunning photos. So,
0: which one was your favourite?
1: My favourite. I'm going to try and describe because that's what photography is about. <laughs> um, it's like a bird flying through some sand, and there's a snake jumping, and I'm not quite sure of the like backstory to this, uh, but. It just reminds me of that David Attenborough scene where they had the iguana running through and all the snakes like popped out. It's quite similar in the due to that. I really back it. And what's good about this as well is like they have um, student competitions, so that just makes it a little bit, a little bit more relatable.
0: Oh, nice! Who won?
1: Who won? There's a, it's a photo of um, a pelican and it's sort of flappy wings going across a nice bit of water. So it's pretty sick. Pretty hey, nice. Sick. But yeah, it's it's. It's great to see, uh, great to see so many like beautiful bits of nature and more, more nature that's doing quite, quite a nice job for us at the moment. Is everyone's favourite topic, washed-up whale, and uh, in Thailand they found an ancient whale which is five thousand years old. Um, obviously, skeleton. This isn't, is not a living whale, but um, they think it's going to tell us quite a lot about climate change. Which is, you know, it's quite nice that an animal that's five thousand years old can teach us about something that we always assume is quite current.
0: So uh, how, like, how do they learn stuff from yeah, this skeleton? Well, to
1: be honest, I'm going to have a look here. <laughs> um, so it's um, it's twelve kilometers inland. So they think it's going to tell us about sea level changes and what happened over time there. Hmm, fair enough. It would be a bit bizarre, though, if you're walking through a field 12 kilometers away from the sea and you discovered a large whale.
0: Talking about, you know, big whales and studying them, uh, time to start our records of the day. Uh, so the first one I have for you is Dr. Catherine Sullivan, who is...
1: Doctor. So this is going to be an academic record, I hope. Raise, raise the bar. We've had a lot of very silly ones recently.
0: Um, so she's an oceanographer. Mm and an astronaut so she became pretty
1: cool so far
0: she became the first person ever to have visited both space and the deepest point on earth
1: Hmm. completed it I mean she's she's not got anywhere to go now Um, (laughs) she's done all all of it yeah I wonder which one would be um, cooler to go to I
0: think space
1: I think space is better chat, but I don't know. There's something about the sea that's like you—you you can't get to it. Whereas space, you can sort of like look up, find it, see it. I mean, yeah, I think
0: exactly I would be more true. stressed out by being at the very bottom of the ocean.
1: Oh, I—I think yeah, definitely very stressed out. I—I'm not claiming that <laughs> I would be massively enjoyable, but um, but yeah, pretty cool. Uh, and I like that we finally have like a big record someone has done something quite incredible I like that (laughs)
0: Uh, we also have the most baby food eaten in one minute
1: Uh, right right you've brought the (laughs) tone right back to where it (laughs) to where it go on how much baby food is eaten in one minute
0: try it guess
1: Uh, um, see whatever I say it's going to be nothing like that I'm gonna go with. How? What are we measuring? In kilos? Kilos. <laughs> Five kilos
0: in one minute. Oh
1: uh, yeah, maybe not. Two kilos.
0: One point six.
1: One point six. See, I don't know if that's impressive. Um,
0: I mean, one point six kilos of anything in one minute—I'd say is quite impressive.
1: Well, oh, you haven't seen me with a chocolate orange. <laughs>
0: Um, and that same person also has the record for the fastest time to drink one liter of lemon juice through a straw
1: time to drink one liter right 25 seconds
0: 16
1: It's quite impressive through a straw must have been a big straw
0: our next record is this guy called Joel Strasser from the US and basically he has a beard and he stuffs things in it uh, and okay. he gets world records for it
1: so we've had one beard record before um, we've had most toothpicks in a beard no, no it was my, him
0: already and he had the most paper straws in a beard which was 539
1: 539 paper straws yeah in beard.
0: he also has a record for the most baubles in his beard which can you guess
1: most baubles see Baubles ball can be big. Baubles ball can be small. We all know about baubles. Ball uh, fifty can't be more than fifty.
0: Three
1: hundred and two. This man is crazy.
0: Um, he also has the record for the most clothes pegs in his beard.
1: Most clothes pegs. See, they've got to be easier to attach to a beard um, than baubles. Ball like they're designed to clip. I reckon. Mm-hmm. I reckon about three hundred again.
0: Three hundred fifty-nine. Excellent. He also has the record for. I think this is one of my favourite ones. Most forks in a beard.
1: Most forks. It's an under, it's useful um, if you've got to carry your forks somewhere. I can't think of a better better method.
0: Yeah. How um, many forks?
1: Hundred. Uh, that it's definitely harder to get forks in than those other things that we talked about.
0: hundred and twenty-one.
1: Yeah, well, what I like about this man and me, we clearly agree on many things. Um, he's the only one I've managed to get like, vaguely close on any of my guesses for. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, he owns hundred and twenty-one forks. That's that's quite impressive already.
1: you would have known that a beard could be so useful? Get <laughs> so much out of us. <laughs>
0: Um, how many chopsticks do you think he put in his beard
1: I do like how this podcast has just become (laughs) guess how many (laughs) in his beard (laughs) Um, I reckon you're going to be going around 250 chopsticks
0: 520
1: that's a lot of chopsticks Uh,
0: how many toothpicks in a beard
1: oh well, it's got to be more than there are chopsticks. Um, 400, 400 toothpicks. 3,500. <laughs> oh my. He looks like a porcupine.
0: Uh, yes.
1: That's horrible. <laughs> um, this man, first... it must be terrible to go to his house. Like, can you imagine his cutlery drawers? He's going to have, like, hundreds of. Um, forks and chopsticks just lying about and you wouldn't want to eat anything because you, you know it's been in his beard.
0: <laughs> I reckon that's enough beard chat for today.
1: Uh, I do think that's probably enough beard chat to be honest.
0: Um, but we have one final record and I think you'll enjoy this one given that you were quite interested in the words Rubik's Cube championship. Mm. Well
1: yeah I was very interested in that I was invested that's, it's the best sporting event of the year, I'd say.
0: <laughs> Can you guess um, how long it took a Russian guy named Andrei Maslov to run the fastest one hundred meters, solving a Rubik's cube?
1: Hmm. Well, now we know that I'm an expert. Did he actually solve it in the end, or yes. did he just like do some of it?
0: No, no, um, he actually solved it.
1: See. Yeah, that has to slow down your running at least a bit. I'm going to go with 20 seconds because these people are quick at boomer scoops. Twenty point ninety
0: one seconds.
1: This has been my week. It's taken me four weeks, and <laughs> finally, I'm vaguely, <laughs> I'm vaguely aware of how records work.
0: <laughs> well, you know, at least it's working out now.
1: <laughs> and it just goes to show if you practice something, you can do great things. However, sometimes. Um, Sometimes things just come by luck. Uh, you don't have to practice everything, such as a very, very, very wholesome story um, of a new apple variety. We all love apples, um, but this is this has been discovered in Wiltshire by a man out for a jog. Um, but I just love how unimpressed he seems with being on the news and like the thing that he discovered himself. So we got some lovely quotes. Um, from experts, unnamed experts, just as experts. I don't know if they're experts in apples or <laughs> what. <laughs> but experts have confirmed the highly unusual fruit, which tastes quite good, is a new variety. So and I don't know why, but I've seen this on every news site that I've like been on today. <laughs> and I'm, I'm Obsessed with the fact this man has acquired a all-right apple that we didn't know existed before <laughs> I just think that's lovely the fact that he's done nothing essentially um but you know everyone's just happy another apple no one's sad about that it's, it's quite <laughs> delightful I've been reading the same article basically on like five news websites um and I don't know why this is big news but I'm, I'm very glad it is
0: <laughs> well that's quite wholesome I quite like that
1: yeah he said, I'm certainly no fruit expert. It immediately struck me as highly unusual, unlike any apple I'd seen before. And my favourite quote of all, this was a dream, but I did half suspect it would turn out to be something much, much less exciting than it is.
0: <laughs> well, that reminds me actually of a record I heard of, which is held, well, actually it's a few records, uh, which are held by Peter Glacebrook, who is a vegetable grower in Nottinghamshire? and he Okay, holds
1: this, is, this is starting to be quite a good one. Um, this is a man who is dedicated, he's some time to doing something. I, I can get on board with this. Come
0: on. <laughs> he holds the world records for the longest beetroot and parsnip and the heaviest onion, potato, and cauliflower. The longest beetroot measured 21 feet. The The,
1: the, the real question is, how long is this parsnip?
0: The longest parsnip was 19 feet.
1: 19? That's a massive parsnip.
0: And five inches, sorry.
1: Uh, And five inches. If it's not too personal, can I ask how big are his onions?
0: The world's heaviest onion, weighted eight kilograms. Um,
1: (laughs) That's a lot of onion.
0: The world's heaviest potato, weighted five kilograms. And the world's biggest cauliflower, weighted 27 kilograms. And, and
1: this one man it has got all of these large, large records.
0: And he also has the record for the world's heaviest carrot, nine kilos.
1: That's a pretty industrial carrot. I'm very, very pleased with this man. Peter, doing his bit for the vegetables. Uh, got to take care of your vegetables fans of vegetables are of course beavers and course. i think we mentioned a few weeks ago on the show that they were like um being reintroduced to the uk and at the time i didn't really know why but i have done a bit of learning i have discovered beavers are the best way to stop um flooding in certain areas by damming off everything <laughs> and i just think that's uh, it's quite a lovely little solution um is, you know, get some good out. And what kid wouldn't love to see a beaver? See a beaver, dam. Are very excited? Yeah. <laughs> I'll be looking out for them on uh, in my next week. Yeah, just lovely, uh, lovely having the beavers involved. It's, of course, um, November as well, beaver moon. We've got the beaver moon going at the moment. Chance to get outside and look at that.
0: Um, Talking about astronomy with your beaver moon, there's something else in the sky that we have to look forward to that will take place between the 16th and the 25th of december it is that jupiter and saturn are going to line up together for the first time in nearly 800 years um and so that when this happens they will be separated by less than a quarter of the diameter of the full moon and we should be able to see them best on the 21st of December about an hour after sunset like we will be able to see this with the naked eyes but if you have a telescope you will even be you'll also be able to see the largest moons
1: Mm. that's pretty cool and around Christmas time I don't know there's something quite Christmassy about the moon isn't there I think that'll be quite nice we've got stuff in the sky to look at it'll uh, entertain us that's pretty cool. What else can we uh, look forward to? What's what's uh, What's been going on lately around here?
0: So, I still have some good news. There's a team at the University of Alberta that believes it has found a cure for diabetes and one of the world's most renowned researchers on the subject said that it's the most promising project he's ever seen.
1: Pretty nice. Um, that'd be a good one to, good one to get rid of. You always forget that. I keep forgetting there's like other things in the world <laughs> with um, everything that's going on.
0: Um, there's a new study from the University of Oxford that suggests that video games could have a positive influence on people's well-being.
1: Pretty good. Is it any video game or is me playing Snake on my phone? Is that helping me?
0: I'm not sure yet. I'll do some research on that and get back to you next week.
1: I'm not, um, not in the science, but I'm pretty sure my well-being has gone through the roof since I started playing Snake.
0: No doubt. Um, <laughs> there's a school district in Arkansas which has installed solar panels to save millions on energy and pay the teachers more.
1: No, nothing not to like on that. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's nice to think that yeah. school can bring in a bit of its so own and doing a good thing. Yeah.
0: Swedish blood donors now get a text message whenever their blood saves a life.
1: That's rather good. I think I'll probably encourage encourage people to um, to do it a bit more.
0: What I really like about this news is you could have the most crappy day ever, and then you'll get a text telling you that you just saved a life.
1: Yeah, I think it's wonderful. It's uh, it's good to like you know have that followed too. Good. You'd be really annoyed if you didn't get a text, though.
0: So. <laughs> Giant pandas are now no longer endangered, and China oh. is going to build a massive $1.5 billion panda conservation park.
1: That's rather that's great. You don't don't hear so much about pandas these days. I remember when they tried to introduce pandas to Edinburgh Zoo, and all of the news was just, like, trying to get the pandas, you know, to have a little bit of, bit of a naughty... For uh, the months, <laughs> like <laughs> finally they're sorting themselves out. It's very good. Do
0: you remember how in the previous in a previous episode of this podcast we talked about uh, this little pen and in it you have a seed and you can plant it and something yeah. grows.
1: Yeah, I've encountered these in pencils. Always lose them.
0: Well, now there's a newspaper in Japan which is made of recycled paper and seeds. So once you are finished reading it, you tear it into small pieces and you plant it and it will bloom flowers.
1: Oh, so that is like, finally, something good coming out of the news. <laughs>
0: in the Netherlands, so the country in which they have more bicycles than people. Um, mm,
1: excellent statistic.
0: The um, inhabitants cycle so much. It's equivalent to planting 54 million trees a year.
1: What, the savings from not using the car?
0: The cars and the buses and the trains.
1: I've been enjoying, whenever I go to campus this year, I've been like, um, generally walking, which has been pretty nice. It's good to get that outside time. And I don't think it actually takes me much longer than the bus takes um Bus takes
0: sages, and you have to wait for it so yeah,
1: exactly uh so that's something quite good that's come out this year is uh yeah i've decided that like, i've just been doing more more walking up that hill it's not too bad it's pretty nice my i know um there are a lot of uh people in touch rugby who have been walking up and down the hill they're trying to do widcom 37 times which is apparently the equivalent of mount kilimanjaro so yeah, um, shout. They're doing everyone.
0: that for November, aren't they?
1: Yeah, uh, they're doing it for a whole month, and that's that's a lot of going up and down Wickham. Um, so yeah. yeah, hats off to the people doing that. Yeah,
0: shout out to Touch Rugby. That's such a great yeah. initiative.
1: Excellent
0: one. Um, good news of the week. We also have rice farmers around the world who are using ducks instead instead of pesticides. Because they feed on insects and weeds, but they don't touch the plants.
1: <laughs> I, I I was imagining, like, a duck farming some mice, <laughs> like in a sort of um, you know, uh, straw hat, maybe a corn coming out of its bill.
0: Scientists have developed underwater speakers, which are now being used to play sounds of a vibrant living reef to attract young fishes and. You know, bring back to life the coral reefs which have been wrecked by climate change.
1: We get a lot of reef chat on this on on the show, don't we?
0: Quite, yeah,
1: (laughs) yeah. And it all seems to be quite quite mysterious. Like when we had the one about how they just found a whole new reef. (laughs) Um, I don't understand that, and I also don't understand how playing noises of reef would work, because surely the fish arrive and they just go like there's no reef here and they move on
0: well there is some reef it's just in a bad state but because the fish come back it's getting in a better state
1: yeah yeah it's uh, starting
0: the whole ecosystem again
1: yeah more to learn about more to learn about fish and reef I can't can't quite get into the fish mindset right now I'll work (laughs) with it um
0: and final good news well it's mostly odd but I find it quite positive uh, is that sun bears can mirror facial expressions just like humans, and it's the first time this behavior has been found in an animal other than humans, gorillas, and dogs. And scientists are finding this quite, quite odd because sun bears are usually quite solitary animals. But it also proves that they have a high social intelligence. So, you know, that's a whole other path of science to study
1: yeah yeah actually I I want to disagree with this story I don't think it's true I can tell you for a fact that at least Paddington Bear who is an Andean bear he can do facial expressions and we've known that for years so Paddington he's very very clever he could easily do that
0: yeah I guess that's that's a fair point
1: anyway so I think that's a Lovely note to bring this to uh, bring this to close now. I cannot wait this week to go out, get a haircut, have a substantial meal, and follow that substantial meal with substantial drinks. Uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> that that
0: sounds like a pretty nice plan.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 always an excuse to uh, you know eat a bit more.
0: Well, you're going to be able to tell us all about this next week, I guess
1: yeah yeah thing <laughs> get to leave the room.
0: How amazing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this was episode four of the Sunday Vibe reset. We hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed making it and was, you'll hear from us next week. Bye.